Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. My name is Brian Rushing. The guy across the table's name is... Corky Franks. And check this out, Brian. I know everyone can't tune in Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNCRadio.com, 101.1 FM, or 1450 a.m. And that's why we have some great news for the listeners. That's right. You can now get our podcast on SoundCloud as well as Spotify and Apple Music. It's fantastic for you. We do the work. You get the enjoyment. So enjoy. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show on this Friday morning, final half hour of the week. So, of course, at 9 o'clock, we hand it over to Glenn Beck at 12 noon, Clay and Buck. 3 o'clock, Sean Hannity. We're the pivot. You get the sports talk overnight from Fox Sports Radio. And then you get the heavy hitters in talk radio during the day from 6 to 9, Monday through Friday. We get to be the pivot point. And at this point, we'd like to bring on Richard Walker of carolinasportshub.com. Richard Walker, welcome back to the Rush Hour Morning Show. How you guys doing? Well, thing, things are good here. I would imagine... This is a segment of the season that is fairly busy for you. Would you like to go into that a little bit? Yeah, it's fascinating. In fact, I was just checking uh, checking on my emails and I got up this morning. I don't know if, you know, we were, we were hoping, obviously, that Gaston College would be still playing in the JUCO World Series, but the longest junior college World Series baseball game in history last night, five hours and 16 minutes, as the number one seed Central Florida survived against Wabash Valley. But, you know, you got that's going on. You've got Division Two going on in Cary baseball, which Bowman Abbey was one step away from making of that. And then, of course, high schools. And in our area, we've got three different schools from three different counties and three different sports starting state championship bids in the next couple of days. So it's really been fun. And that's not even talking about Legion baseball that's, that's getting untracked uh, going on. But, yeah, the, the high schools are something because you got Burns going for their first ever state championship in baseball. East Lincoln going for their first ever championship in softball and South Point going for the first ever championship for Gaston County in girls soccer. So it's, it's, it's a lot of history being said by, by, by the three local area schools that are, that are going on to try to win uh, state championships. Richard Walker here with us on the rush hour morning show. Now, Richard, we posed this question to coach Kerry Galbraith, Corky Franks earlier in the show. I want to pose the question to you. In your opinion, which of the three state championship matchups are the most intriguing, the most compelling, or have the most impact for their respective program? The Burns Baseball Series, East Lincoln Softball, or South Point Soccer? You know, they all they all are in their own way because, you know, each storyline is intriguing. You know, you get the history of it, for starters, but, you know, all those schools and all those programs are trying to set themselves up for the future and look to be in pretty good shape in all three cases. I mean, uh, you know, I, honestly, if you look at the feeder programs, South Point girls soccer may be here to, for a while. I mean, the middle school Beaumont is rolling and won a County record. South Point had lost the conference games, what, 2019 and girls soccer at high school level. So they're set up to do, what has never been done in Gaston County. I mean, nobody has been this successful in boys or girls soccer as far as getting to the state final. So the, the, 
you know, in the, the trajectory of that program, it's been a slow process because as we, you know, any of us have lived in Gaston County for a long time know that soccer's kind of been that other sport. But, you know, this this program has really, really built itself in a position to be a power. And, you know, if you look at last year, they get to the, what, the Western Finals, the next logical step would be to get to the state finals, which is what they've accomplished this year. So, you know, kudos to Christopher Beatty and, and, and what they've accomplished. And they've got all sorts of underclassmen in addition to what I'm saying with the Belmont Middle School players are going to be added to the program next year. So they're all in pretty good shape, but it, it, it's each one of them can cite a great story or a great significance about their program to, to if they can come through. And, and, and really, truthfully, and i got to say this too, obviously a lot of us spend a lot of time talking about who wins the state championship getting here is quite an accomplishment in and of itself as well too and i think that shouldn't be lost on people even if they weren't able to come through and bring home the, the actual champion in all three cases hey richard we were talking before you came on uh you know east lincoln we had coach uh roger wilson on tuesday he was talking about his team right. they're 72 and 5 the last four seasons in softball so you kind of, so you kind of expect them to be there right south point soccer has made it to the Western North Carolina finals the last three years, right? So you kind of expect right. them to be there. Is Burns not the underdog story? Are they not the Cinderella story? You know, we had Coach Linhart on this week, and, uh, you know, you're talking to us not being from up that way. They're in the middle of nowhere, and look what they're building with that program. Is that not more of the Cinderella story, if you will? Well, yes and no. They've not had the great playoff success that perhaps they would – the record would, de would determine, but you know, if you look at in Corky, I remember when you coached Junior Legion baseball. I mean, this is based in that. Burns won the state Junior Legion championship last year with a lot of these same players. And here's the irony about that for them: they won that state title with their pitcher of the year playing Senior Legion for Cherville, their I think Defender of the Year or Player of the Year playing Senior Legion for. Cleveland County post 82, 155, and one of their significant players focusing last summer on just football. So three real key players didn't even play for Burns last year. So they had to look and dig deeper into their program, call up a couple of guys that were on middle school championship teams, and they kind of flew under the radar a little bit to do that too and won the state championship in junior legion baseball last year with a deep pitching staff. So there was a perception that if they can follow through with that, I mean, it's not too – Unlike, and I think you were involved in this. Remember when Southport won the state championship in 2011? I believe they went to the Junior League State Tournament the year before, yeah. and it kind of galvanizes the program in a way that, okay, now we, we know, we, we've we been there, we see what that's about. Burns won that last year, surprisingly, even to themselves, and now they're back in the state finals for the first time. I mean, they'd been to the Western Finals as a 3A school in 2001 and 2014, so their history is more as of a 3A school but, you know, and then the irony of all this, too, for them is this big title run started after losing the conference tournament championship to Cherryville, a team that they split with in the regular season. So, you know, some people go, well, maybe they're not so good, you know, losing to, to Cherryville. Not that Cherryville's not a good team, but I think they felt like they, they were better than Cherryville. They lose the rubber match of that series game in a tournament. Cherryville goes to the 1A tournament, goes a couple rounds, and then Burns kind of used that loss is probably a motivator to get them going in the two-way bracket and here they are so and and have been really impressive while doing so so I, yes in some respects they are an underdog story but 
I think if you look you look a little deeper, uh, there was expectation there. It just hadn't reached those expectations in a long time over there. And, you know, it, it is certainly interesting. All four of the high schools now in Cleveland County, public schools, have all gone to the state final series in baseball, which is a remarkable accomplishment. All four of them have gone to the state finals series in uh, football, and all four of them have gone to at least the final eight in basketball. So it speaks to an extraordinary amount of influence and push that in that county, how many people want you to be good in not just one sport, but multiple. We got Richard Walker on with us today. Uh, Richard, this is uh, Coach Galbraith, uh, Coach G, or as, yeah. you, as you know me, C.E. Galbraith. Dot Gaston. Dot there you go. Yeah, dot yeah, yeah, yeah. Dot US. Because <laughs> Richard and I only communicate to each other by email because usually, I, yeah, absolutely. Usually, yeah. But um, this is a step in the right direction, Richard. I'm actually getting to talk to you for a change and maybe we'll meet more than once or twice a year like we always do. But um, right. a couple things I want to point out at you or ask you the, you know, we talked about the softball and the, and the South Point soccer and, and Burns baseball and whatnot, but there's a lot of things going on in Gaston County in the basketball world. There's a lot of changes going on at the, in the head coaches uh, for some of the high schools. You've got uh, South Point, I believe, won their uh, Winner's Cup or uh, uh, for the uh, high school um, championship, what have you. Belmont won the Winners' Cup. Talk about a little bit what's going on with the, everything in Gaston County, especially with the basketball coaches. Because I'm a basketball guy, I coach at the middle school, so of course I'm a little bit, right. I'm a little interested in what's going on in the landscape of, of high school basketball in Gaston County because there are a lot of coaching changes. Is that right? Yes, and well, it's it's fascinating. It, it's at private school level too because Gaston Christian and Gaston Day are both going to have to do coaches, and they've been pretty successful at their level as well. So it's going to be. You know, a changing of the guard for sure. I mean, you know, Walt Wallace had been in Hunts for a long time, one of the winningest coaches they've ever had over there. I think maybe the winningest coach as far as wins for boys basketball, and and we all know how successful that program has been. So there's going to be a lot of changes with that, with the basketball program. And and the thing that's fascinating to me too is how the shift that's happened really in the last, I would say, 15, 20 years – of talented players may grow up in your programs in the middle school level and then choose to go to private schools. And we're seeing that happen an awful lot. That doesn't mean that the public schools aren't as successful as they've always been. But like, for instance, think about the current Gaston County hopeful NBA player, Nate Hinton. He went to Greer ends up going to Farshree for a year, ends up at Northside Christian in Charlotte and finishes up at Gaston Day. And that, that you know, years ago, that would be considered an unusual path. He would have probably just gone on to Farshree or Ashbrook after after leaving Greer and staying with those programs, like, like say, James Worthy or Daryl Armstrong. Although Daryl Armstrong wasn't quite Daryl Armstrong in high school. He, he was kind of a, a late-in-life development into an NBA player. But it's really fascinating to watch how this has gone on. And and to your point, I know you know this as well as anybody, Kerry, what's going on at South Point with boys basketball is remarkable. I mean, it's it's history setting because they've never, other than a couple of years in the 70s, a uh, blip in the 90s with Majin Bacali, and then Devin Lowry, who's now coming back to catch baseball at Gaston Christian, early 2000, they really struggled historically in basketball. And a lot had to do with the conferences they were in. And, how 
strong those leagues were in basketball, but they're at the apex of their program's history in basketball here lately. So, hey, Richard, you, you just uh, mean, yeah, you just mentioned Devin Lowry, Gaston Christian. You're talking about private schools and basketball coaches. Do you think that what what do you think the aspirations are for a school like Gaston Christian bringing in a guy like Chris Duhon? I mean, do you think they're going to bring a guy like him in just to win their? Uh, you know, their conference or their or, or to take it to the states. Do you think they have bigger aspirations? Are they going to go on the road? Or, I mean, what do you do when you bring a guy like that in? Well, there's an element of I think a lot of these programs it starts with we want to have somebody that has name recognition to attract talented players that we want to develop into prospects that go on to play college athletics. Obviously, when you do all of that, the expectation would be in the court that you win, but I, I think you know. It'll be curious to see how that shakes out. I know they went to the state finals a couple of years ago at Gaston Christian, somewhat unexpectedly, because they're in arguably the best private school league in the state in the Metrolina, because all of those teams will do good in whatever classification. It's 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 kind of foreign to a lot of people that follow the public schools, but in that conference, they'll they'll send teams to the two A. Uh, state finals for North Carolina Independent Schools Athletic Association and Gaston Day. Gaston Christian is 3A, and then there's a couple of 4As. Like, I believe Carmel Christian, I believe, now is an independent, but they've been in that conference or that area before. So, and in Concord Academy, I mean, it's really, really strong conference. So, you can – I think Gaston Christian had a losing record when they went and hosted the – and they hosted the state finals, you know, several years back. So, it's, it's a really talented league, but – to your point, Corky, they're raising the profile of the program and they want athletes, student athletes to come in and they want to develop them into, you know, solid uh, college players, be that NCAA Division One, Two, Three, NAI, junior college in some cases that, that go on to be successful. And Chris Duhon certainly is a name that, that gets a lot of name recognition, same as Devin in our area, you know. Gaston Day lost their coach to Asheville. I can't remember if it was Asheville Christian or Asheville School, but one of the Asheville private schools. Uh, he done a great job over there, McAllister. Um, so you know, it, it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic that has altered a little bit of the the sports scene in in athletics, and I think it it frustrates people because they get in their head that the idea that well, if so and so prospect grows up in our middle school, high school district, they should go to our school. Well, you know, how many times have we heard of public school players that didn't grow up in that district and end up going to that school? I mean, the public schools act like they never would possibly ever think of recruiting. Anybody. Oh, surely never. Are and, you kidding and, me? Never. And, and, and so it, it's interesting that the, there's a lot of hypocrisy with high school sports about that right now. And I'm of the mind that if, if you know, I've always said this about college and I would say this about high school, go to the school that best suits what you want to do independent of sports. Sports is a good component, obviously. And some people choose it for that. And I think some parents get sucked into the, Oh, they're always going to, you know, everybody's going to be the next big, and that's not always the case, but go to a school that prepares you for life, you know, and what school you want to go to and what your track would be. I mean, and Devin's a perfect example of that. I mean, you know, he had, uh, he had choices coming up what high school he could have chosen to go to. And then he goes to South Point and then develop him in three sports. He plays pro uh, baseball. You know, obviously he was a good athlete in all three sports. And now he's, you know, gone on to become 
a professional baseball coach, and now he's going to be a Gaston Christian coaching high school baseball. So, I mean, he's a guy that's got a great backstory because he's got so many different positive influences in his life every step of the way. Richard Walker, certainly in a couple weeks' time, we'll know what happens with these three state championships. We'll certainly know what's happening more on the high school uh, basketball coaching front. But until then, especially related to Legion stuff as well, but until then, how can people find out what you're covering from day to day? Just every day, check www.carolinasportshub.com or follow me at JRWalker22. It's three W's, Richard. You said www. Oh, www. There you go. Triple And then you can check JRWalk22 on Twitter and follow. And every night I post the Legion standings and then a, a roundup with, you know, stories from all across the region. I mean, it, you know, here's another question for you guys. And I'm sure you probably debated it. Is this the best time in the history of North Carolina and college baseball ever? I would say it probably is eight teams in the division one tournament. We know locally what's going on with division two and the junior college level. I mean, my goodness, can it get any better for this state in that sport? That's a great question, Richard Walker. And as we get more and more coaches on in the coming weeks during the summertime, we'll be able to probe those questions to those coaches because those guys are certainly on the inside taking care of that. So, Richard, definitely want to thank you for being here. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be in touch with you here in a couple weeks on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Thank you so much. Always enjoy it, guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon, folks. When we come back in just a moment, we'll put a wrap on this Friday morning here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget, you can find us Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM. You can even stream the show on WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you with the next podcast, enjoy your day. We'll see you next time.